0: Okay, another uh, possible advertisement for travel here, extreme surfing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In every
1: possible way, actually. Like You could go from just the surface moving up and down to like, if you really want to
2: try the lava lake. You know. <laughs> oh, all right. yeah. Basically, I, uh, living on Io is like living on a trampoline on top of a, a bubbling magma lake.
1: <laughs> yeah. A slow-motion trampoline in hell.
2: Yeah. Welcome to What the If. I am Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, uh, in fact, currently on a documentary mission coming to you from Spokane, Washington in the United States. Is it a secret mission? Are you sure you can tell us about it? It is a secret until I post this audio
0: and reveal the So it's like a Schrodinger secret kind of thing?
2: Right. It may be secret. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, My friends, is the professor Matthew Stanley of New York University. How is New York today?
0: Uh, It is not um, head exploding hot. So that's a nice change from the last few days. That's nice. Would a head explode from the heat or would it just sort of boil? Uh, We'll have to do that as an if sometime.
2: (laughs) that is a good one. Now we have a globe. This is kind of cool, actually, a globe or at least a hemisphere spanning show today. I am in yeah. on the west coast of the United States. You are on the east coast of the United States. And then we leap across the pond to London, uh, where we have Dr. Robin George Andrews. How are you, sir? I'm all right,
1: thanks. Yeah, also head boiling slightly, but, you know, I, I will survive,
2: I hope. More, more boiling, though, in London, it sounds like. Yes, it's almost like
1: you know, planet's getting hotter. It's really strange. I wish they came up with a name for this. Strange (laughs) Phenomena. Strange Phenomena.
2: That's a good one. Let's just go with that. Just go with that. (laughs) Why not? You know, that's better than climate change. I like that. I mean, change is scary, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Touché. Touché. And you, sir, are a science journalist and a recovering volcanologist you say that's true i mean I, now that you said that it kind of sounds
1: like i've been hit or attacked <laughs> by a volcano oh, or true. something <laughs> but i have i actually i've fallen i dropped my phone into one once but oh, i oh nice it, but i got it back out so that's fine but and it uh, survived it did um it did survive no it was just it was hot but not lava hot so ah, so good but yeah cool. but recovering volcanologist yeah i've been disowned um <laughs>
2: <laughs> what what too excited about it <laughs> what kind of uh phone was that what manufacturer uh, it, it was an iphone uh really so it,
1: it landed in that really weird fluky way where it didn't smash to pieces whereas you know I've, I've sneezed on it before and it smashed so it was really it was really really lucky um i don't really understand oh, I. It, it was very like if anyone listening do not climb into a volcano after <laughs> phone that's a bad idea like do
2: not do this <laughs> do not go into the volcano after your phone you say no do not do this <laughs> just accept you've lost it <laughs> and uh wow you should tell you know we should get word to tim cook
0: about that that's a pretty good that's right they could they should pay you for an advertisement <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean like they should just basically make their
1: yeah phone screens less easily destructible in the first place of thing. i mean if, if the advertising campaign is like you know, doesn't break. If you're lucky, it's not a great. habit. <laughs> great. I wouldn't call volcano proof.
2: <laughs> if they uh, reenacted your thing, they'd have to do one of those things. You know, at the little at the bottom of the screen, do not attempt. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> do not attempt. As a science journalist, what uh, tell us some of the uh, esteemed places people can find your stories? Esteemed places. Well, for some magical reason.
1: I'm, it must be due to hypnosis or something. I'm allowed to write in Nat Geo and the New York Times and Scientific American and so forth, which is always good. And Gizmodo, they're great as well. They oh, nice. they, they let me effuse wildly about volcanoes, so it's
2: great. I'm I especially the New York Times science section. All, all the people that write there, all the stories they provide is like incredible. Very well done.
0: Yeah, yeah. they do great work there.
2: And you come to us with a very exciting if today, befitting uh, (laughs) a heat wave, so so to speak. So to speak. Yes. And that is what the if we lived on the moon of Jupiter known as Io,
1: the stupidest, strangest object known to science. I'm pretty sure.
2: Well, they, I'm going to rephrase that. What the <laughs> if? What the <laughs> if? We lived on the stupidest, strangest object known to science. Also known as Io. I, you, you want you want to say planet? Uh, it's not a planet Io, but saying moon Io is kind of bad. It doesn't have a good. Thing. For, for those who for those who know, if you know Io, if Io walks beside you in your life, you you know what what's going on there. But for those who don't, Robin, describe to us why what's so strange about this place. What's so strange about it? I mean, there's like a giant list of just.
1: It's it's kind of like a moon that's malfunctioned in a way. Like it's it's like it's, it's like someone just left it running, and's come back and it's like oh crap I forgot. And it, so basically, it's it's covered in volcanoes, which is is pretty neat. And they were first like, they were first spotted. Well, they were predicted to exist just before Voyager, uh, one actually arrived there in the late seventies, and then, a scientist at NASA's JPL just saw this plume of of volcanic material reaching up like hundreds of miles up from the surface, like and into space. So it's the f- it's the first place we've ever seen volcanism off world, essentially active volcanism off world, and it's covered in volcanoes. And and they're like hot; it's the hottest lava in the solar system. So it's like thousands of degrees. You know, it, it it's like you know some of it might reach three thousand Fahrenheit. Hi. Which is which is hilariously hot. I mean, that's just there's no <laughs> there's no point in beyond a certain point. It's just the same, really. It's just hell. But at the same time, it's got such a rubbish atmosphere. Like it's so thin and 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 just terrible that it it literally freezes out every time it goes behind Jupiter and reinflates again when it comes back into the sunlight. That like the it condenses? Yeah, no, like so, like it's 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 fueled by the there's like a sulfur frost on the ground and it basically sublimates and like immediately into a gas when it hits sunlight and forms this atmosphere, but it's not really an atmosphere. It's like a thin shell. No one would really call it an atmosphere. And then, yeah, when it, when it goes behind Jupiter, it instantly freezes out and kind of snows down and rains as like the sulfur frost. And that happens like every time it goes around Jupiter. Uh, and so the surface temperature is actually minus like 200 Fahrenheit. So, if, in one point, if you step on the surface, you'd freeze to death like immediately. And then if you step into lava next to you, you'd instantly melt. So it's just, it's the most poorly designed. Like, <laughs> it's, one of, it's the, one of the best ever, If anyone says that, oh, yes, the, the beautiful design of the solar system, you know, it's like, look at this terribly designed moon. It's terrible. <laughs> it, it, it's just so bad. So if we
0: if we managed to catch the atmosphere in a gaseous form what would it be like to try and breathe it
1: Ooh, uh, ooh I mean <laughs> I wouldn't do that it's <laughs> it's like you're basically breathing like just sulfur compounds which are you know which uh, depending on what they're bonded with are either incredibly farty and smelly or just very burny and acidic so it's just like don't breathe this like do not breathe it. <laughs> you might as well just die quickly. It's are better off just dying. You're better off just dying, <laughs> off just dying quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's really terrible. Um and and like the weird the weirdest thing about it is it is volcanoes are powered by tides in the you know so it has this like so Jupiter is this enormous gravitational monster really which kind of like pulls at the sort of fabric of iron in the way that like the moon kind of pulls at the tides on earth. But also it's nearby moons. It, it's like the moon Io is in a weird dance with its nearby moons. So this it keeps it wobbling, and this like weird orbital ballet means that the surface of Io moves up and down by like several hundred feet during its orbit. Whoa! And that and it's like solid stuff moving like tides. So those those tides are so you know powerful that it basically creates friction inside Io, and that creates all the heat that creates all the volcanism that's the basic idea anyway so it's just like yeah it's like it's just gone out of control basically
2: <laughs> okay let me, let me let me just i'm going to paint the picture here so <clears throat> we're at jupe we we've uh we're, we're moving we're moving to io okay we have yeah. uh um <laughs> because we're like we've just a, given up yeah we have a moving them. a moving truck um, which is you know a, a moving uh interplanetary truck and yeah. uh, we've thrown all our stuff in there and um We've uh, uh, boxed it up, closed the back of the truck, and we're now on our way. We To get there, we go past the orbit of Mars. We go through the orbit of the asteroid belt. And mm-hmm. then we come to the largest planet in the solar system, Jupiter, with its yeah. big, uh, great spot and all the stripes around it. And Jupiter has uh, a lot of moons, right? Like more than 60 like way too many like it's just it's
0: just silly (laughs) again (laughs) is just a little greedy as far as moons go yeah (laughs) now from the earth
2: with a telescope or binoculars you can see four of the moons right Yeah. yeah galileo saw these they were called the galilean moons and io is not one of those is that right yeah, no, Io is one of them. It Io, is. Io, yeah, Io is like the innermost uh,
1: uh, and fastest orbiting of the four.
2: Oh, okay. So right, so it's Io, yeah. Ganymede, Callisto, and Europa. Europa. Wow. Well, okay. So this is interesting. Galileo, way back when, saw. 1610. 1610. Yeah, yeah, 400 years ago. Right? Saw Io. But obviously, these volcanoes we're talking about, as big as they are, are not visible from Earth unless no. you have maybe the Hubble Telescope.
1: Yeah, so you need something much more. You know, they were first seen when basically when Voyager literally went right next to it, Io, and they weren't. They for ages they weren't expected as well. They thought it would just be like a dead, heavily cratered planet, and instead it it looks like a sort of pizza with vomit on it or something. So <laughs> quite quite confusing. <laughs>
0: I love that we go from Galileo's elegant uh, (laughs) Medician star, yeah, right, a new heavenly body (laughs) containing all the elegance of the world, to a pile of volcanic vomit.
2: I will say that's because Americans' pizza is actually American, and when Italians they've gotten better at it. But when I I was in Italy in the early days of them saying, "Hey, maybe we should try to make this pizza," every all these Americans coming here thinking they're going to find pizza. They didn't serve it with vomit on it by any means. Actually, if they had, it would have been the most... It's <laughs> Italian, so it would have been the most delicious, fresh, fresh... Oh, the vomit is very fresh today. <laughs> it's like oh, faulty towers. All right, so we get to Io. Yes. Size... How how big is Io, let's say, compared so to io, io?
1: is Io is a, like a little podgier than our moon. It's kind of... It's, it's, it's a little bit bigger.
0: little bit bigger. Yes. Okay, so we have comfortable surface gravity?
1: Uh, mm, yeah, to a point, yeah. I mean, it's still, like, after a while, like, when it's, when it, I think it's like a six or something of, of Earth's gravity, that's a bit, that becomes a bit problematic when you're trying to not fall over very slowly, embarrassingly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, even when you get to I, you can't stare at it for too long from orbit because it has this band of radiation that encircles it. Oh, because of all this volcanic you know, dust it 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 sort of ejects into space, that gets ionized into like a super deadly radiation band that like can not only destroy spacecraft, it will just like ins like it will just basically microwave people if they stand in in the way of it. So it's 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 surrounded by this like deadly band of radiation as well. As if it wasn't inhospitable enough you have to like quickly get out of the way of that and land if you really want to
2: what and this ba- the band it, when you say the band is it uh, i've read uh I'm trying to think might it have been in Alistair Reynolds uh books who uh, who happened to be our guest last week uh or other other science fiction writers there's something called the fl- uh, the flux tube or there's some sort of basically between the, the i the plasma chorus, uh, there's there's this thing okay. yeah yeah there's loads of like bands of
1: of things going back and forth between Io and Jupiter, but this this thing is called the plasma torus and it, it's like you have to design space missions to avoid it for as long as possible because it will just
0: like fry their instruments Wow so plasma Taurus I should say would be an excellent name for a band <laughs> yeah. If yeah that's uh-huh. available
2: yeah I reckon so and their first album IO sure people will call it 10 and everybody will be confused there'll be a debate amongst donors <laughs> for generations. Um so we 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 let's say our ship is shielded. This is one of the better moving trucks available. That's
1: Yeah. And, After that horrible incident we don't speak about.
2: Right. Which by the way, like I don't know if this is how it is with the uh, mover moving companies in in the UK, but here they would not tell us that they were going to charge, you know, they get to the plasma Tours. Okay, by the way, we're all going to die unless we're going to charge you another uh, 500 bucks. To put on the shielding, so oh,
1: uh, I can't say I've ever been in a situation a, a bit like that, but you know, makes me not want to move to the US yeah. every now and then. Oh,
2: <laughs> extra
1: charge for not
2: dying halfway through. Oh, yeah, fine. yeah that's right. Well, they charge for di- they charge for packing tape and boxes, and they're definitely going to charge for protection against the deadly plasma
0: torus. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the insurance rider for moving to Io has got to be terrible. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's right. that's right. So they have bubble. There's some sort of bubble wrap shield of some material that protects us from the plasma. Actually, so n- n- actually n- not joking now, how can you protect yourself from a plasmatorus? What what would you need? Uh you I say I'm not I'm not too much on
1: the engineering side of things. I'm I'm much better at destroying things than than building things, but like but but I know I, I as far as I remember um, it, you know, it, it does take quite a lot. I don't think there's much you can do. It's so intense. Like, I think Galileo, the Galileo probe was, you know, it it visited Io towards the end of its 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 journey because it, they knew it would get annihilated by the radiation. So, any future mission to Io has to basically have an orbit that avoids it as much as possible. Like, it's it's all you can really do is to, like, get out of its way. not Not, not like, just, you know, take the punches. Like, you will lose. <laughs>
2: Now, a torus sounds like a it's a donut shape. Is that right? Does that mean that... Yeah, it's a, don- yeah, it's a deadly donut. That's, that's what it should be called,
1: the deadly donut of death. Donut of death, yeah.
2: Donut of death. <laughs>
1: that's a lead single. It's a...
0: <laughs> yeah. So the usual rule for protecting against radiation is just putting as much stuff between you and the radiation source as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lead or water or something like that but that's kind of tough to do when you're sending something to the, the outer solar system. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you kind of want it to be as light and as uh, unwet as possible, I think.
2: Does it mean that, uh, I'm guessing, for instance, I'm imagining that like at the poles, is it it's thinner or you could go in? It, no, is there a hole in the torus?
1: Yeah, there, there, are, there are holes yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mm-hmm. can't can dive through it. It's just, you know, you do not want to go near it.
2: Right, okay. <laughs> so we, we dive through it, and... I'm sure, do, do we know? Would it be at the poles where the hole is, or there's just random pole? Like, where are we going to land? I, I think that's right. Um, I think
1: uh, like uh, future missions to Io have like a polar orbit to avoid it, so I'm guessing that's where the hole is. So yeah, you could land. You could land somewhere like in the north or the south. Okay, it's it's hardly going to be warmer or colder. <laughs> it really doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> so we land on the north
0: pole. Yes. Of Io. Okay. Well, how hard is it going to be to find a spot that isn't covered in lava, though?
1: Uh, I mean, that's the thing as well. Io is, like, a bit unpredictable, in a way. I think, like, the poles are quite good, because the poles have less... Like, the volcanoes are somewhere between the poles and the equator. For reasons that people can't w- quite work out, they're all, like, bunched up. We're well, not all bunched up, but they're largely bunched up in a particular area. But, um, but in the poles, that doesn't there aren't many, uh, you know, compared to the rest. So, you know, you could just chill out on the North Pole.
2: All right, okay, that's not bad then. Oh well, actually, now the sky. Let's just imagine. I imagine the the horizon all around mm. us. We would be seeing flame, or you know, whatever a lava. We would be seeing volcanoes, lava shooting up into the sky,
1: perhaps. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. You'd see. You could see like giant. Umbrella-shaped plumes, like mm. either making it into space or raining down on the landscape around you, because it would have frozen out in the lack of atmosphere as it kind of erupted. So it would be like the sort of bluish snow. I think. Whoa! So that that would be pretty cool.
2: That all would right. be pretty cool. Uh, I just had an image of you know we we've been seeing all this uh, Apollo Eleven uh, footage because of the anniversary, and there's a there's you know one of the memorable lines is as they're as they're coming in. I don't know if it's arm. Uh, I think it's it's actually Buzz Aldrin says uh, kicking up some dust, right? Mm, and mm. Uh, here they'd be like, <laughs> "Well, kicking up some, kicking up some,
0: some horrible sulfur compound." <laughs>
2: Stinks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Stinks in here. <laughs> so we could survive here. Now we want to go. Exp- there's no doubt we want to go exploring. The first first thing we want to do is we want to go visit the volcanoes. Yeah. Let's say we have a little buggy, a, mm-hmm. little, a little IO buggy, and we go driving. What? How's how's this going to go for us? It's going to be a little bumpy. It would be quite. It would be a bit, a bit bumpy. You'd. It'd, it'd be.
1: I mean, they're, they're, we aren't scientists. Aren't like a hundred percent sure what like all of the surface looks like yet. It's a. It's a bit tricky to kind of observe because it goes around Jupiter so much, and obviously the Earth spins, and you have to, you know. So you have to look at it for years, to kind of get an, an eye, an eye of what the surface looks like. But that you might suddenly come across a bit of like crust that is a bit weak, and there's like a molten blob underneath it. So you might just sink and melt and die, which would be bad. <laughs> mm, yeah. Which is why, which is why, like you should never build like underground secret bases. Like I love, I love the expanse, but for some reason they decide that. They decided to build a secret base underground, and you're just like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, this is like the worst place ever. Anyway, anyway,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. So if we're moving tip. to Io for the purposes of building a supervillain lair, that's yeah, a bad idea. That's a terrible idea. It's really right. bad. Yeah, it's, right, it's, I need it's... to make some phone calls. <laughs> Darth <laughs>
2: yeah, Darth Vader. Darth Vader is there. I mean, there's no doubt that Io is the inspiration for the planet Mustafar.
1: Oh wait, th- there was some. Or
2: uh, hell itself i suppose but
1: he, yeah there was i oh god i actually wrote something about that once <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, about like where where they actually filmed like some of that but i uh, can't remember but anyway yeah, yeah i mean uh, that is at least you know it's a good place i mean they actually built he had a castle like with lava flying through it that is can you imagine the insurance you'd have to get yeah. to not <laughs> you know oh the lava's overflowed again oh all right you just get the most hard like plumber to fix it.
2: Also, Dar- Darth <laughs> Vader has asthma or something, clearly. So that you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a sulfur definitely. dust planet doesn't seem like the best place with lava flowing through your house. It does not. No. no,
1: but like, but yeah, like in terms of like, if we're driving around on Io, you should go and see. I mean, this is like a super dangerous thing to do, but who cares? You should go to see Loki Patera, which is oh, which you know, which is fantastic because it's super. Every time a scientist says. We think we know when it's going to erupt or, or or how it's going to erupt. It seems to disobey them, which is so appropriate for the name of the volcano. You know, I had a, a scientist recently shout at me: "We need to stop naming features after trickster gods," which is such a funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it does seem like a rookie mistake, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, it
1: it erupts furiously every now and then, like to the point where if you transplanted this volcano, which is the size of. Uh, I think it's the size of Arizona. Whoa!
2: What?
1: <laughs> mm. um, which is? Oh wait, no, it might be a bit smaller than that. I need to think oh, I'll think about it. But it's been massive. It is gigantic. It's you know tens of thousands of square kilometers. Yeah, of square miles. Um, you you. Um, it, if you put this on Earth, uh, it would be like an apocalypse all the time. It's like re- that one volcano responsible for ten percent of the entire moon's like heat output so it's just it's just furious wow to the point where you would just be like you you it would look amazing to watch a see it erupt, but you probably wouldn't be around for long afterwards
2: wow so the, so so loki peter where where uh how far do we have to drive roughly from the north pole uh, where is loki peter is it up near the equator or it'd take you a while it's sort of
1: uh, i i can't think at the moment. I don't know, I have a map somewhere that actually shows where it is. But um you, you could get there. I mean you could you could you could sort of bomb it you could bomb it across the surface. I mean, you know, the moon, even though it sounds quite big, like I was the size of our moon a bit bigger, that isn't really that big compared to, you know, its its circumference is sort of comparable to the US. So it's right, it's okay. Not, right, so it's, a reasonable it, size. Yeah. A reasonable size. I think Loki is kind of just north of the equator, I think. Um so, and you know it when you see it because it's a giant pit, like this <laughs> gigantic pit <laughs> uh, that's probably full of lava.
2: So it's not a mountain. It's no, yeah. Most of the volcanoes are like holes. Oh, explain that. What what's that about? Well, actually, this is uh, no one really knows
1: why. Actually, no one is sure how you have mountains, and there are some like shield volcanoes that look a bit like Hawaii's one, but most of the volcanoes in I are pits, and no one can really answer why. That is no one's sure. Like, do they collapse when there's like a huge eruption, like big calderas, like Yellowstone on Earth, or are they just? Is the crust really weak? Or no one actually knows this. We we there's I think
0: there are more questions than answers when it comes to because here on Earth we do get these collapses, right, where the when a magma chamber will empty out and yeah yeah yeah. But
1: so this may or may not be why they happen there. But the, the the only way to know is if we watch it. For a long, long time, like from orbit or and from Earth, and see and like watch one form. I don't think we've ever seen one of these volcanoes actually be born. We've just we've spotted new ones, but only because we haven't seen them before. So, so
2: so is it more like? It sounds they they sound a bit more like geysers, or like if you visit Yellowstone Park, you you can see um, they might have a little bit of a mound around them, but. It's, it's whatever is underneath just shoots out from the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. It's it's you know I, they they work in like different ways, I guess, but they they look they basically would look like giant sort of infernal geysers. <laughs> wow, <laughs> like absolutely gigantic ones. Yeah, so they are, yeah, they're they're embarrassingly big.
2: <laughs> so let's say we we make it we we've we, we've got a great buggy. It's got a great uh Protection and them and, and still, can bounce across the surface, bounce across the surface, and we can. So and so, we get to the shore of this volcano geyser pit, and I'm guessing that there is no actual f- that that it's not like there's a hard edge. Sounds like it just gets soft. Maybe the ground gets softer and softer and softer as you get closer to the.
1: Possibly, I don't think we've ever seen it in that high resolution. Yeah, uh, I mean that's why people. It, if you stood on what was like kind of the edge, I guess you would you would likely see a giant lava lake. Wow! Like, yeah. Um, I, I still can't think of what to compare it in terms of size, but yeah, it's like eight thousand square miles. <laughs> That's a lot of so lava. It is, it is
2: a lot. <laughs> okay, so now we have a new sport we've just invented. <laughs> we have a we have a again with this fantastic material we've. You know, again, fictional if if material, if yeah
0: if tanium
2: and if-tanium. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> We've... well actually it sounds like we can just build it out of Rob's cell phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just use the scraps, you know, it's fine. Right. <laughs> it's essentially
2: invincible. And so we build a boat and we go onto the lava lake. When the lava lake is, like you said, it is it it erupts when we don't expect it. Does that mean the entire thing just like uh, again? We we as you said, we may not know because we haven't seen this high resolution. But I'm just trying to envision a lake, and then the lake erupts. Is it like uh, what do you, what's that guy? What's the famous guys? Oh, old uh, old faithful. Uh, old faithful. Yeah, yeah, old steamboat or something. I, it's it, it's hard.
1: It's kind of hard to say because, so from Earth, you kind of they basically work these things out by, you know, uh, by like this thermal output. So if it suddenly gets really bright, it's probably because it's erupting like crazy. But it does seem to happen like really, like really rapidly. As far as I understand it, these eruptions can happen just very suddenly. So it is like it would be like a gigantic blinding. <laughs> You know, explosion. There are these things called outburst eruptions, and that means that when that when the volcano does one of these things, it the entire brightness of Io doubles, like within a certain wavelength. But essentially, wow. it becomes twice as bright. Wow! It, you know, wow. it's it, it would be <laughs> it would be blinding and like incredibly hot. <laughs> wow. I don't. know. I feel like you wouldn't want to be right next to it for sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, especially as we like, as, as it's super unpredictable. Like you know, it it doesn't seem to fit anyone's models or anything. Some of the others may do, but there's not enough information. But every time someone thinks Loki is like, okay, every 460 days it brightens and dims, it then doesn't do that. So <laughs> it's it's yeah. Although if it's just kind of chilling out, you'd see these awesome like waves. Like it would be like standing on the surface of a lake just from hell. So you'd see all these really delightful waves
0: circling around it and bubbling around and stuff like that.
2: That is awesome. Could there be
0: a a sweet spot some distance from the lava lake that would be a comfortable temperature where uh, the atmosphere would be gaseous? Could Uh, we build our house there? mm,
1: (laughs) I think you'd just have to build... You'd have to invest a lot in building a dome, like an outpost that basically has like... Earth's atmosphere and temperature type thing because you could kind of deal with the gravity, that'd be all right for a while. Although I wouldn't drink any like, White Russians. I can't imagine what drinking like a milky cocktail on low gravity mm-hmm. would be like. Sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like basically on io you do have just two options of you can either melt or freeze. Uh, I, it's 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 uncompromisingly harsh. I don't think there's like a nice middle bit.
0: Um, All right. It's not like when you're in the shower and you can balance the hot and cold water just perfectly. No,
1: no. It's like when you're in a, a in an old shower and it just and someone turns on the tap in the other room and it it comes searingly hot, <laughs> or like you know screechingly cold. Um, except that in this case you'll die. <laughs> it's like it, it's uh, pretty grim. Yeah. I yeah uh, yeah broken thermostat.
2: I'm so impressed, Matt, that you can do that. See, maybe I'm so finicky. With the temperature <laughs> of the water in the shower, I can never find that spot. I, I, I can relate to Io. So uh, what we're saying is, there's an extremely any habitable zone, so to speak, for us that we might think of any comfortable spot is incredibly. Um, uh, it's a knife edge kind of situation. It'd be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, th- oh, there is there is one like if you want a nicer view though. You should go on the side that faces Jupiter. So like our moon, it only faces, it only faces, like one face just faces Earth because it's like tidally locked. Um, Io is the same. So only one part of Io faces Jupiter at any one time. So on one side, you'd never see it. On one side, you'd always see it. So at least the wallpaper would be great.
2: I like this idea. We want to be, so what I like already is I'm already starting to see a gradation in real estate values. (laughs) <laughs> the <Yeah>. Jupiter side, <laughs> definitely. Like yeah. when you go to book a room in, you know, in, uh, in in a hotel or something, it's like, well, would you like lakeside or parking lot side? Yeah, you're going to get Jupiter side or, um, or just the dark, harsh yeah. <laughs> frightening doom of the
0: other side. Yeah, yeah. Would
2: you like nihilism or <laughs> beauty? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's a tough decision, actually.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they would both be cool. Depends on your mood. Yeah. Yeah. Again, why living on the North Pole might be cool because we would get sort of everything. You could see everything it seems. Yeah. Be on like the sort of
1: you'd be on the sort of boundary, wouldn't you? You could you could wander over to the darkness or to or to Jupiter, depending on your mood.
2: Right. Now, dust off your scientist hat, your volcanologist hat from way back when. Yes. As a scientist, so let's say we're not just tourists we've been gallivanting about we're doing real estate prospecting etc but we let's say we uh we are scientists and we've come here where as a scientist would be the where would you like to go set up a base
1: well like on io yeah on io yeah uh i mean i'd definitely like to uh, i'd definitely like to face jupiter because it's like facing down this the, the most enormous Sort of artsy planet <laughs> we've got sort of thing, and you can actually have a good look at like because people think it's um uh, it's great, it, it you know the the enormous spot on it is is decaying. I think I think over the last hundred years yeah. it's thought to be disappearing. So just to be able to to study it up close, constant like well not constantly but you know as as frequently as possible, um you know would be pretty amazing um, because. Kind of, it's one of those things where you don't know if it would, if something like that would ever return. Because you know Saturn's rings, like right, are, th- there's a there's an increasing notion that they used to not be there, and they right. will not be there anymore in a hundred million years or so, which for the solar system is like a blink. Yeah. And and in the same way that Jupiter's, you know, spot might not be there. I mean, Jupiter probably had rings at some point that, that
2: disappeared. We would just miss them, right? So That's interesting.
1: so. Uh, so yeah, so if you could face Jupiter, you could get the best look at it.
2: The the great, you know, the great red spot, I've you know, uh, of course, I notice it has changed quite a bit just in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, it used to be wider, sort of more oblong, more shaped like a like an eye, like a cartoon picture of an eye, and now it's mm-hmm. almost become like a it's very circular. Right, it definitely yeah, looks different. Yeah, I think so. In fact, I, I find it disappointing in a way. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it used to be so much. Different. It used to be cooler. Yeah, it's
0: uh... all right. <laughs> so I think we've got sort of a marketing strategy here, right? So yeah. if because uh, we can say come to the weirdest object in the solar system before the rings go away, before the uh, blinding flash from the giant lava bl- lake destroys us all. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've got something here. That's
1: pretty good. Yeah, you could, you, you could, you can you kind of, you could sell it on the idea that it, it's. It, I reckon um, going to Io, like you'd always get to see Jupiter, and so that's like a selling point. You know, if you go on the right side of it, you'd be like, you can always see Jupiter. That's great. Um, and the weirdest weather in the in the solar system, with its weird frost that disappears and suddenly reappears, um, like every day. <laughs> That's very strange. Um, but you could also say like it's a bit like going to see the Northern Lights. Like you don't know if you're definitely going to see it, but you might get lucky enough to see an apocalyptic
2: eruption right next to you. So, <laughs> <All right. laughs> like, a, That's like awesome. a terrifying version of the Northern Lights. You know. So scientifically, what what are um what are some of the uh, drop some science on us about Io? What's sort of what what are the things that they are. Top of the list for scientists who study Io at the moment. Well, well, one of the main—I mean, apart from
1: that, it's just freaking awesome. Like, it—it yeah. it basically, it, its volcanism is reminiscent of like some of the most catastrophic eruptions on Earth, and I don't mean like really explosive ones. These are ones where lava just comes out like just furiously. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, like the one of the well, the worst mass extinction on Earth was. Was initiated probably by a gigantic million year long volcanic eruption um, that kind of essentially triggered violent destabilizing climate change. Right. Um, And basically, we can't see this happen in real time on Earth. I mean, it's not happening now. Ah. Um, But the volcanism on Io is basically like that. And it's even chemically probably quite similar. So Io is like a volcanic. Time traveling laboratory. So wow. we can see, we can understand Earth's past volcanism uh, by looking at Io now. And because there's nothing else happening on Io, like there's no weather really apart from that weird frosting, thing. Um, and there's no like, there aren't any rivers or there's no erosion. I mean, there, there, are, there are like no craters there because the surface
0: is so young. Now, does it matter that um, Io's volcanism is brought on by tidal forces, whereas ours is generally not?
1: Uh, I mean that is that is a difference, but like it, it, in in the end, you just in the end, the key driver of volcanism is you need a source of heat. So okay. it, it may come from different means, and and there's a um, but like it might still look similar at the surface. I mean, it, obviously there's the gravity, the, the lack of atmosphere, basically, and the and the low gravity means the lava can travel further and faster and everything like that. So that that is unusual, but chemically it's quite similar, uh, and there's nothing else to kind of obscure it. Um, although like one of the big questions about Io is all, all this is like, yeah, we know it's the type of heating that causes it. But all the models that predict where the volcano should be, based on where it's heating in, in the middle of Io, are all apparently wrong. They they can't predict where the volcanoes turn up. Then oh, then so awkward. that is that's a yeah, it's a bit awkward. That's a huge mystery that's still going on.
2: And how, um, how strange like I'm always fascinated by not just what we know and what we've been able to learn, like things that Einstein was able mm. has it been able to figure out. But I'm all, all, often amazed by the things we don't know, and they are often that oh, yeah. you know, people don't realize. Oh, here's some super basic thing that we just can't figure out. How odd, how rare, or something is it that we can't figure out something like what's going on there, or is it like actually, I mean, it's pr- yeah, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I like the
1: more you the, the IO is a case of the more you learn about it, the more questions you have. I know that's generally the case, but I think at the moment there are a lot more mysteries about it than we under- than scientists understand. Um, but but the potential is like so it's not Io is weird and pretty unique at the moment, but the tidal heating mechanism that creates its volcanism isn't. That's that's probably the most important thing about it, is that even though it's like a horrifically inhospitable world, it actually might be responsible for life elsewhere. So you've got like you've got something like Enceladus, which is Saturn's, you know, um, moon. And there's there's a I think people generally suspect there's a, a big ocean underneath all that ice. And there it's likely that this is tidally heat as well. Because to have an ocean, you need to have some heat somewhere. And it's probably too small to have radioactive elements still heating it that much, you know, um, or any primordial heat left over. It's probably heated by tidal heating. You know, we just Saturn and other moons this time. And if so, you might have something that looks a bit like, you know, the sort of black smokers you get at the bottom of the sea, mm-hmm. um, like mm-hmm. hydrothermal vents? So maybe if you have tidally heated icy moons, then you could generate a sort of ocean that is pretty similar to Earth's ancient oceans. Um, so, you know, even though on Io, it's responsible for, this mechanism is responsible for, like, the weirdest most deadly place you could visit on other places if there's enough water it might be responsible for you know biology so oh, <laughs> if, right. so if we understand io we might understand how that works you know how the places might be home to little critters A weird really
2: yeah now, i don't know temperature wise uh what the uh geothermal vents and geysers and things that are in, in, in say Yellowstone and in Iceland but i know that mm. we have found extremophiles right we found mm. microscopic creatures so to speak uh, who are able to survive in some of those right. hot right uh, geysers is the temperature do we know if life is at all possible in the volcanoes of io
1: it's probably not just because unless there's like wildly different from DNA or RNA right out there like you know if it's that kind of chemical it breaks down beyond you know it's certainly beyond the boiling temperature sort of thing of, of water so like just the basic building blocks of life don't seem to be able to stick together beyond yeah. a certain temperature so so it's one of the few places you probably wouldn't bet there being life it's very unlikely there's life on io it'd be kind of a but you I mean I wouldn't bet on it, but you know, you, you know the term extremophiles. There's, there's, like you said, that you can find things all over Earth, right, in the weirdest, most horrible conditions. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's still like microbial life there, and it kind of makes me think that maybe this, uh, maybe we, maybe extremophiles isn't a good term because life seems to be everywhere, you know, pretty um, much but as long as there's water. That seems to be the one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't need sunlight. I mean, there's a, a microbe that lives in a South African mine shaft that's, that's irradiated. So there's no sunlight. <laughs> and all it does is live off the water. And I think the irradiated, uh, broken down compounds of the mine shaft wall, that's it. But it's still there. So, you know, yeah, I think as long wow. as you have right. water, maybe. But Io doesn't really, you know, you would be, the odds of life existing on Io are probably extremely low. Mm. But then, you know, the universe
2: is weird and surprising. So, yep. So uh, what, lastly, I think the most interesting thing, one of the images you mentioned, was that the, the surface rises and falls hundreds of feet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So living on uh, even the land of IO, so to speak, would be like living on a <laughs> very it sounds like seasickness. <laughs> oh yeah, is an issue. I mean, hundreds yeah, of
1: fair feet. heights. I mean, like, imagine being somewhere, having a nap and waking up and finding out that you're hundreds of feet off the ground.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that would be
1: awkward. Yeah. That would be really <laughs> awkward, um, you know. Especially if you left, like, your phone
2: on the floor. And you're like, oh, <laughs>
1: guess that's me now.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> and I wonder yeah. if, I'm guessing we'd, it, it moves, uh, do we have any idea how long it takes to cycle between the the, the peaks and troughs of that, um, I, I feel like it might be
1: every time it orbits every, at least every, every few orbits of, of Jupiter. And I think it right. orbits Jupiter every 42 hours, I think.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, so it's not so I think fast. It's like that. Yeah.
1: So it's not like, Whoa. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> not like, yeah, but it, it, it's, 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 it'll be a problem. I mean, how would you build anything that wouldn't just fall over? Like, you know. Yeah it's it's pretty awkward i guess i guess if you i'm guessing uh, uh, this is a guess but i'm guessing that the the effect is most extreme uh at the point of io where the other where like um ganymede and uh uh europa are because they're the ones that really cause the orbit to wobble um so i guess if you stay away from those planes um uh then it will, it will it, the the surface will bulge and shrink less
0: okay another uh possible advertisement for travel here extreme surfing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah in every possible way actually like you could go from just
1: the surface moving up and down so like if you really want to try the lava lake you know <laughs> oh, all right yeah <laughs> just it's like- loads of waivers before you do so
2: basically i uh, living on io is like living on a trampoline on top of a, a bubbling magma
0: <laughs> lake
1: yeah a, a, a slow moving a slow motion trampoline in hell yeah that Perfect.
0: that's great <laughs> um, and now you know how well actually rob you may know this but on, on the side of u-hauls here in america they have you know charming slogans and anecdotes about places you might want to move to hmm. um so that's ios right huh? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: When, if, when might we get some new information about Io? Well,
1: at the moment, there is there are like observ- there are observatories in a place like Hawaii. The uh, researchers are trying to continuously look at Io, oh, you know, at least once a night. Wow! If possible, to try and get the best idea. And, there, and there's there's a recent, like, amazing study. It was uh, Le and Catherine De and, and it basically is the best like map of IO's volcanoes we've ever got. Um, um, which is pretty good. And they're gonna continue to monitor it. That's the best we can really do for now. Um there is a proposal to send an orbiter around Io called the IO Volcano Observatory. Awesome. Um which would be amazing. But it's like the, the the competition for missions that NASA funds is so intense and extreme. Uh That basically, like every time you get an amazing mission like Dragonfly to Titan, yeah, it it has to beat out like at least 12, at least 11 others, you know, Uh. to do it. And these proposals take years to come up with, and the competitions take years. And so, basically, it has in in order for this to happen, IO has to essentially win probably the, the hardest competition on Earth. Um, to get it. So it's always competing against missions to comets and missions to, you know, Saturn and Teladus or missions to the ice giants or missions to Venus and you know, so if 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 it if it could beat out all those other proposals, we might get a mission in the late, you know, uh, uh, 2020s. But it really it really is up to how good the other proposals are and what NASA decides. So it'd be it'll be amazing. But uh, you know, there's there is unfortunately so many cool destinations, you know, and no, nowhere near enough money to send something to all of them. So, yeah, it's uh, tricky.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping that with like CubeSats or, you know, this kind of there's that there's a hoping for a radical um, uh, technological movement and maybe, you know, help of corporate. Right, yeah. Entities like SpaceX who can maybe just send, I mean, it'd be so cool. I I understand that the CubeSats have limited, at the moment, limited uh, ability for instrumentation and all that kind of stuff and power. But uh, if we could just send, you know, like uh, SpaceX just sent up a rocket, right, that launched 60, whatever, (laughs) Wi-Fi antennas, basically. (laughs) Right you know if we could imagine you could send out 60 cubes that's just go out to the solar system and just there is, explore there is like a general
1: idea that basically space exploration like private companies have made access to space way cheaper so that really helps but something that someone pointed out to me recently is that you know it sounds like a lot a mission so the, the dragonfly mission to titan which is amazing essentially sending a drone to to a moon of Saturn that's, you know, its atmosphere is so dense. If you flap your arms, you could fly. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, that is not, like, that's not a, an exaggeration. That's, that's true. The cost of that mission plus launch is like a billion dollars, which sounds like a lot. But the, the defense budget for 2019 for the US was 716 billion. So you're just like, right. well, you know, <laughs> it's, and, and, Someone, else, someone said that the defense budget increased by a NASA and a half in the last two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. With no, that's a great with no, standard. <laughs> with, yeah, with, with no debate. But everyone is like, oh, should we spend an extra... Should we really be spending all this money on space missions? And you're like, well, I mean, you know, it really is nothing. So I think, like, the fact that NASA, like, can do all the things it can at the moment is pretty incredible. But yeah, we, like... This problem is easily fixed, <laughs> in a, in a very hypothetical sense. You know, just get an extra couple of billion dollars.
2: Yeah, or stokes. What we really need to do is stoke some need to defend ourselves against Io and Titan, oh, yeah. and yeah. uh, away yeah, we go. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you told enough people
1: that there are the, there, there's a volcano on on Io that basically could would be an apocalypse if it happened on Earth, and
2: it's not that far away. If you just yeah. told people there's a pizza planet, it's done. People are there. <laughs> you can surf. You can, yeah, surf. you can surf. You can
1: surf. You can see Jupiter. You know. You, it, I think actually, you even get to see like amazing thunderstorms on Jupiter because Io barrels around inside Jupiter's magnetic field. Jupiter's magnetic. Field. Whoa! So it barrels around there a bit like a dynamo, and you get it generates lightning in inside inside jupiter i think it's 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 basically it puts on a mass uh, like quite the show yeah we should get tourism basically tourism
2: io is the las vegas of the solar system <laughs> yeah. well you're certain gambling a lot when you go there yeah it's the restaurant at the end of the solar system and as we no one reads the terms and conditions, so that's right.
1: Can, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. be pages of like you can dial like here, you can dial like it here, and they'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just give me the pizza
2: and the surfing and the bounty castle from hell. Yeah, fantastic. Imagine how many people are going to die from taking selfies on Io. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> God,
0: <laughs> a lot of Darwin awards.
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of Darwin. <laughs> that should be a hotel. Stay at the hotel Darwin. <laughs> oh. Dr. Robin George Andrews, this has been incredible. One of oh. this is definitely our hottest episode yet. <laughs> yeah, it's probably right. Mm-hmm. And uh, in gratitude, by the way, for taking on taking us on this incredible journey, you are going to receive a finger puppet of a great <laughs> scientist or science fiction character. I don't know if if is there a um,
0: Something volcano oriented. Something
2: volcano oriented. Yeah, I'll have to look up. It may just be uh, some sort of protective material you can put on your finger, so you can put your finger <laughs> into a geyser on That's Io. That would be fantastic. I'm glad, well, I'm glad
1: you told me because if if that suddenly turned up in the post unexpectedly, it would look like a threat.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Trust me, the finger puppet that you receive, the adorable finger puppet of a little person, will not be a threat. Will not look like a threat. <laughs> And that comes from uh, my friends at the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. That if, if you don't know them, go their website is philosophersguild dot com, and uh-huh. they make all kinds of smart, as they say, smart funny gifts for smart funny people. And all our listeners, just because they like, la- just because the Philosophers Guild, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, likes our such, likes our show so much, they just give us uh, give you a. Uh, th- 10% off uh, if you use the coupon code WTif at philosophersgill.com. Uh, Robin, do you have any what, what stories are you working on now? are you able to say? Oh yes well there is
1: scientists think they've found a crater that caused a mega tsunami on Mars. <laughs> Whoa. which is just like such a satisfying uh, sentence <laughs> because yeah, there's, there's this idea that Mars used to have a giant ocean in the north and it's super contentious and people say it was too cold for an ocean to exist in. but it looks like there are tsunami deposits on Mars so you can't have a tsunami without an ocean so wow it's a this is like a
2: huge thing at the moment so that is what I'm writing about at the moment that's amazing that's amazing and where where will that appear?
1: Uh that I'll
2: appear in the New York Times sometime in the next few days, maybe tomorrow, actually. Oh, wow, nice. Take a look, newyorktimes.com. And your website is robingeorgeandrews.com. Where else can people find you on the interwebs?
1: Uh, I often, I mean, I'm Squiggly (laughs) Volcano on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Volcano. Volcano.
1: Um Great. because I was pressured into coming up with a Twitter <laughs> handle all of a sudden, so that's literally the first thing that came to my head. I don't know why. <laughs> that's good.
2: That's good. And it was available, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird. funnily enough it was.
1: <laughs> um and but yeah, like I I, I I write for uh I write for and Siam a lot. So I tend to I tend to bounce around on there. Talk generally talking about the most destructive things known to science because, you know, they're the most fun
2: bits. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. And uh, I want to remind our listeners about your book, Matt. Einstein's War. Still kicking it on the shelves and on the uh, digital shelves.
0: That's right. You can find it at a bookseller near you uh, or if you prefer to order from Amazon, electronic and audio versions available as well. Come read about Einstein's adventures during the First World War.
2: Yes, and uh, I refer you to also... We, we did two episodes about it. Go to our website, whattheif.com. You can see all our episodes. You can listen to them. I haven't, haven't made this mistake in a long time. You can see beautiful cover art of all of them. And if you click on any of them, amazingly, it plays. You can also subscribe. If you have not subscribed to our show, please do so, so it shows up automatically on your device of, uh, uh, of choice, whether it is uh, vul- vul- volcano-capable or not, volcano-survivable or not, uh, subscribe. And please, if you have, especially if you've listened to the show for a while, and if you really enjoy it, if you have not left a review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, that would would be really helpful for us. Some t- one time, some guy uh, actually left a review. It was literally like fifty two cheeseburger emojis, and then he said, "My name is Jeff." So don't be Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> don't be Jeff. That's
0: right. If you want to send us cheeseburgers, we can that's only fine.
2: fine. By the way, that was a one star review. So, that was the point of that story. So uh, yeah, fight back <laughs> against the Jeff cheeseburger vandals. <laughs> of the world uh, <laughs> if, if you have the Apple Podcast app you just scroll to the bottom uh, if you're looking at our, uh, looking at us on, on the app at the bottom there you see reviews um, otherwise uh, in your iTunes app and all that kind of stuff please do it, thank you Robin, now I invite you to join us as we, we talked <laughs> about living on the, the dark backside the dark side of IO looking out <laughs> into the, the dark side <laughs> The dark backside, yes. <laughs> Looking out into the vast darkness, the coldness, away from the beauty of Jupiter, into the heart of nothingness that is our universe. <laughs> and that somewhere out there is an, is an if coming toward us. An idea for our show next week. <laughs> it comes from the dark side, definitely. It doesn't come from of the beautiful side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so... When we ponder that, we cannot help but shout the name of the show in joy, but also in terror. And together we say... What, what the... If... If... if, if, if.